When Judas had left them, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and God will glorify him at once. My children, I will be with you only a little while longer. I give you a new commandment. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you also should love one another. This is how all will know that you are my disciples, if you love for one another. The Gospel of the Lord. Jesus preaches and teaches with authority, which is something that's different than other scribes and Pharisees, and it's noted at multiple times in Scripture. He gives us the Beatitudes. He gives us uh, many insights into the fullness of what the old law is. However, here, it's an interesting thing because he doesn't He says it's something new. He gives us a new commandment today. He teaches with that authority and is able to say, I give you a new commandment. Love one another. But what's interesting is that it's not really a new commandment. It's Leviticus 19 uh, commands the Israelites to love one another. To love the alien. To love the widow, to take care of them, to take care of the orphan. And has love one another. So what is Jesus talking about? Is he just mistaken? Did he forget about Leviticus 19? No, right? I give you a new commandment, love one another. Now I think Jesus comes and he fulfills the Old Testament. He comes to show us. Now, Jesus, I think, uh, theoretically, it's possible that there's other ways that God could have redeemed mankind. However, God always chooses the most fitting, which is the only way that he's able to act, is in the most fitting and perfect way, which is, as we find out, is through Jesus becoming man, walking with us, and showing us more than just our redemption. Also showing us what God invites us to. Also showing us what love is. See, because as you know, in this world, there are many different types of love. We experience every day. There are many different types of love that we use the same word for, that we experience And yet, what does it mean to love another person? What does that commandment mean to love one another? Well, Jesus tells us that it's the new commandment, but he doesn't just tell us. He also shows us. He shows us that loving one another endures to all time. Endures every hardship, right? This, uh, the context for this gospel is, is a little bit odd. It's, it's in John's gospel. It's, it's actually the Last Supper. 
which the Last Supper is the start of Jesus' passion, death, and resurrection, which is what we celebrate here at Mass and the Liturgy of the Eucharist, is the Last Supper, which is the start of His passion, which is part of His passion, which is passion, His passionate love for us. His passionate love that would endure all things and endure the cross out of love for us, not out of a selfishness, but out of a love. And we're called to live in the same way. Christians, though, don't always do that. Jesus says that if you follow that commandment, if you love one another as I have loved you, then this is how all will know that you are my disciples. But I would just question, do people know that we are disciples of Jesus Christ because of our love for one another? Do people know that we are Christians because of that? Do people know that you're a Christian because of the way that you love, because of the way that you care, because of the way that we act? Say many people, right, and in common culture today, is that many people would actually criticize Christians for that, right? That Christians don't love. That I can love and take care of humanity just as much, whether I'm Christian or not. But I think that Christianity allows us to love in a specific way. In a way that's not just love of the world, but is the love of Jesus Christ. Which gives dignity and honor to each person. Dorothy Day who uh, is an amazing, uh, amazing woman in the United States history, but also has an amazing history of of being an atheist at different times and, and being part of the communist movement, but then becomes Catholic and understands the fullness of what it means to love as a Christian. And so she started a movement, Catholic worker movement and many others, but one day she was in the Catholic worker movements and, and uh, Dorothy Day centers and everything are kind of like, at least initially at different times, were kind of like food pantries. Uh, Some of them, you know, some of the different activities. And so it was serving the poor, you know, giving them food. Um, But she started quite a few, and she was having problems with one specific location that she got a lot of different complaints from. And so she went to go visit, and she observed for a little while. And she said, and then she called everybody together, and she said, okay, well, um, we're going to close down this location And everybody's like, wait, you can't. We're serving these people. And she says, if you can't serve these people with love, then it's not worth serving them at all. Somebody else can do that. But we're called to serve these people with love, with dignity. They thankfully got the hint, changed their ways, and started to serve not just as a functionary, not just getting food, realizing that the human person needs more than just food, to eat, but they need love to live. Christians have always been that example in the world, although certainly our culture as a whole is formed by Christianity. We live in the West, and so a lot of the ideals of Christian love is embedded within our culture. But I would say that without Christianity, without faith, we lose certain aspects of it. It was certainly much more of an obvious thing in the early church. And I love there's, there's this letter uh, that is a letter to uh, 
Dignitas, which is thought to be uh, written, scholars aren't exactly sure, but it was written about around 130 A.D. So within 100 years of Jesus' death, this letter is written, Christianity is still illegal. Uh, and this letter is written to a man who's kind of inquiring about Christians. Well, who are they? And so this, this man writes back. He says, Christians are indis- indistinguishable from other men. With regard to dress, food, and manner of life in general, they follow the customs of whatever city they happen to be living in, whether it's Greek or foreign. And yet, there is something extraordinary about their lives. They live in their own countries as though they were only passing through. They play their full role of citizens, but labor under all disabilities of aliens. Any country can be their homeland, but for them, their homeland, wherever it may be, is a foreign country. Like others, they marry and have children, but they do not expose them. They share their meals, but not their wives. They live in the flesh, but they are not governed by the desires of the flesh. They pass their days upon earth, they, but they are citizens of heaven. Obedient to the laws, yet they live on a level that transcends the laws. Christians love all men, but all men persecute them. Condemned because they are not understood, they are put to death, but raised to life again. They live in poverty, but enrich many. They are totally destitute, but possess an abundance of everything. They suffer dishonor, but that is their glory. They are defamed, but vindicated. A blessing is their answer to abuse. Deference, their response to insult. For the good they do, they receive the punishment of malefactors. But even then they rejoice as though to receive a gift of life. They are attacked, persecuted, yet no one can explain the reason for this hatred of them. Christian love those who hate them just as the soul loves the body and all its members despite the body's hatred. Christians also live for a time amidst perishable things while awaiting the freedom from change and decay that will be theirs in heaven. As the soul benefits from the deprivation of food and drink, so Christians flourish under persecution. Such is the Christian's lofty and divinely appointed function from which he is not permitted to excuse himself. Now I just love this idea that that this is the early Christians, right? They are distinguishable but not distinguishable. They're different but yet not different. How different are we living in the midst of our culture? Do people tell that we are Christians because of our love? Or do they have just persecution for us? We're not called to just love people who we don't know. We're called to people to love the people who we do know who are the most difficult. We're called to love especially our family, which can be one of the most difficult people to love because we can't get away from them, because we know them, because they know us. 
And I know that many of us struggle with different members of our family who make poor decisions, right? People who have left the faith and we wish would come back. But the way to have them come back is not through condemnation or through vinegar, but through honey, (laughs) through love. Not condoning their actions and saying, it's no big deal, you just do you. But to honestly build up a relationship of love where they know that you desire what's best for them. That when they criticize you, you don't criticize them back. When they don't, you know, interact or treat you well with honor or respect or dignity, you you respond with blessings and with dignity and respect. And continue to love them in all things. We're called here to love in our community. To be light in the darkness. To not just walk by other people's sorrows. To not walk by other people's hurts. Or other people's poverty. We're also called to love people here in this very parish. Right? That if somebody takes your pew, you don't tell them to get out. No, you, you, you love them, you bless them, you choose somewhere else, you, you greet them, you thank them for being here, right? That as soon as Mass is over, we're not done worshiping and loving God, but that we can talk to one another. That we can introduce ourselves to someone that maybe we've seen a lot of Sundays, but yet have never talked to. We can... Take a few minutes before we go on with the rest of our day and reach out to someone that we know needs an extra good morning. How are you? An extra listening ear. An extra, an extra <laughs> set of ears. An extra ask. An extra, you know, love. We're called to not just worship here and say that we love God, and then abandon Him in one another. We're called to love God here, to learn what love is from Jesus Christ, who shows us the deepest love, and then to go and imitate it in the world so that we might be different than the rest of the world, so that we might be noticeable in our love and not just one hour on Sunday, but instead transform by that and change so that we might change the world just as the early Christians changed their culture through love.